Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Bush Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording... So this guy standing to my left, stage right, he... I asked him what, you know, what I should say about him, and he said, he's just the easiest going guy. He loves everybody. And he'd like to introduce himself, but I'll just go ahead and say, give a round of applause for B.N. Hurd. You got to do it. I am a rocket scientist, but I cannot adjust a microphone. All right, there we go. That's perfect. When I heard the word surrender, I mean, when when I think of surrender, I I, I honest to God, I th- I think of dying is what I think of. Uh, and this is a story where I was very very close. To dying, at least I thought I was. Uh, I was out in Houston, Texas, and having worked for the space program for many, many years, I, I go to Houston on a regular basis. And it's something that gets old real quick. I don't like to go out there and spend night after night. And this particular trip, I had the opportunity to work straight through and maybe take the last flight out. And that's what I intended to do is, I said, I'm going to work through lunch. I'm going to get this last flight out. I'm going to get back into Newport News by, you know, around midnight. Because I, I, I wanted to go home. I don't like spending the night in hotels. Well, I got everything done. I got to the airport, turned my car in. But about the time that I was going to get on the plane, I, I started getting this really sick, sick feeling. It was like, it was like I was being inflated. I mean, I was, it was like I was being pumped up. So it scared me. I mean, it scared me a lot. I got on the plane and I started to sweat and I could... I could tell something was going on with my body. About this time, I asked the, you know, the, the stewardess or the flight attendant, I'm not sure what the appropriate thing to tell them. I said, you know, I don't feel good. And she said, well, you know, would, I got an open spot up in first class. Would you like to come up there? And I said, sure. So I went up to first class, and I'll be honest with you, I got a scotch and water. I mean, if I'm going to go out, I mean, I honestly, I, I thought I was going to die. So, I mean, I'm going out in first class, I'm going to have a scotch and water. I never drink on the But all the way back from Houston to Newport News, I, I still had this sensation that, like a bicycle pump, somebody was pumping me up. Have you ever seen like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory in Violet Beauregard? That's what I felt like. I was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I could feel my heart, and I was scared. I mean, I was scared. I had three small children, and I was scared to death. Well, I made it back to Newport News, and it was, you know, around midnight. I said, if I could just drive home, maybe I'll get to feeling better. I live probably 15 to 20 minutes away from the airport. 
at least once, maybe twice, I almost pulled over the side of the road because I could feel, I mean, literally, I had khakis on, and I could feel those khakis expanding. And, I, and you, you know, you're scared. I mean, we all understand we're going to die. I mean, we all understand that. I'm a mathematician. The probability of dying is one. That means we're all going to die. Well, as I drove, I started thinking about what a wonderful life I'd had, about all the bad things I'd done, the good things I'd done. And I got home, and it was past midnight. My wife and my children were asleep. I I, I snuck upstairs. My office is right next to the bedroom, my wife's bedroom, my bedroom. So I went into my office I got on the internet. First thing I did, though, before I got on the internet is I took my pants and I put them down around my ankles to look at my legs. And my legs were, oh gosh, they were huge. They were three times the size of what they should be. So I was scared. So I was looking up on the internet there, sitting with my pants down around my ankles, and my wife opens the door and she says, what the hell are you doing? I could have said, what's it look like I'm doing? But I I said, you know, I think I'm dying. She looked at my legs and she said, you might very well be dying. I mean, I got these nice legs. I mean, I was a a football hero in, in high school and I still got nice legs. But they is just, they is way too big. So it was about 1230 we got scared, and I was sprawled out on the floor. She was looking at my legs. We called her daddy, who is a retired physician down in Alabama, where we're from. He said, you know, it sounds like your liver could be failing. It sounds like your kidneys could be failing. To me, it sounded like I was dying. You know, it was time to surrender. He said, the best thing to do is for you to get to the emergency room. Well, I got three small children in the house. I'm not going to call an ambulance. I do not want to go out that way. I don't want the last memory of me to be me being hauled off in an ambulance. I just don't. So the local police department... I live in a gated community with a police department, I'll be honest with you. So I picked up the phone, I called them and said, could y'all come take me to the emergency room? And of course they couldn't, no, no regulations say that we, uh, we have to send an ambulance. And I told them, I said, you know, I, I'm not going out that way. I got these little children, I'm not, I, I don't want them to remember me going out in an ambulance. So... My wife couldn't take me because she had to stay there with the children. So I thought of my buddy. My, my, my buddy, he, he's a retired colonel, lives a couple of streets over. I called him. It, it was somewhere between 12 and 1 o'clock in the morning. Second ring, he picks up. He's to my house in less than five minutes. I mean, that's what a good friend is. And, and this guy, I mean... he. He's a helicopter pilot, been in combat. He, he knows these type things. First thing he says, now, please know that I, I do not generally curse, but if I'm 
if I'm going to quote somebody, I might. He said, you look like shit. Now, I said, oh, gosh. So, but when this fellow's not cussing, he's a Catholic. So, uh, he got me into the car. I got my pants back on. So, on the way to the emergency room there in Williamsburg, he kept saying, Brent, you look like shit. And all this time he is saying this, I was confessing everything I had ever done in my life. It was just like, I'm not going to tell you all those things, but I, I pretty much told it all. But we got to the emergency room there, and thank goodness, it wasn't any weight. They looked at me. They didn't say what he said, but they said, you know, you really need to get on back here in the back. So they put me in a wheelchair and took me back there and put me out on a table. And then they started putting all these sticky things all over me. And and a little Indian doctor came in there, and I felt kind of good about the Indian doctor. And I don't mean that in a bad way. He was happy to see me. He seemed like he is ready to go. And, I mean, I was dying. You, you've got to understand this. So he hooked all this stuff up, and all these lights started just going up. And being a mathematician, I see all these functions and graphs and things. I knew it was not good. It looked like Chernobyl or some kind of Las Vegas casino because all these things were blinking and it was just, he started explaining to me. He said, you know, you've got uh, irregular heartbeat. Your blood pressure's up. You got all this swelling, this edema, and that's what was causing the swelling in my legs. I mean, I was retaining water and I mean literally three times. While all this was going on, my buddy, the colonel, was still saying there, you know, you look like shit. I was sweating. I was scared. And the little doctor was trying to figure it out. And he said, you know, well, what, what, what did, did you do anything today? I mean, I said, I worked all day long. I wanted to get home. He asked me, he said, well, did you have anything to eat? I said, well, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't go to lunch. I worked straight through lunch, but I was eating something. I told him what I was eating. He ran off and looked in his book. That's what doctors do. I'm a mathematician. Doctors look in their book. They got a probability of something happening. That's what it is. Doctors aren't perfect. Anybody that thinks that they are, you're kidding yourself. They do the best that they can. But he is all excited when he came back. He is excited because this is the first case of this he had ever seen. <laughs> There's a technical name for it, and I butcher it. I butcher it, but I'm still going to try to say it. Glycerisa glabra. I had overdosed on Glycerisa glabra. Anybody, anybody know what that is? All day long, I had been eating licorice. Not them whippy licorice things, them old black pansy things or those red things. I had been eating solid licorice. I mean, these little pellets, licorice, that taste like pencil lead and coffee and vinegar all mixed together. They're the greatest thing in the world. I get on these binges. 
I'd been reading about where all the Chinese, Hindus, all these people thought that licorice had all these wonderful powers. I mean, King Tut was buried in licorice. I don't know if y'all know that or not, but it's the honest truth. He was buried in licorice root. And it, if you ever look at licorice, there's a warning label on it. It'll say, uh, if you eat too much of this, it'll call us, cause a irregular heartbeat, edema, hypertension. That's your blood pressure going up, way up, way up. Well, best I know, I am the only person who has overdosed on licorice in Williamsburg, Virginia. But, I mean, I'm here, and I live to tell you about it and just take it in small doses. Thank you all so much. If you'd like to come out and tell a story like this one or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org. We will find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more Storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.